Welcome to the Sega Lounge, where we celebrate our love for all things Sega, including the games, the music, and the community. I'm your host, KC. Join me as I talk to different guests and learn more about their projects and passion for Sega. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sega Lounge. This is a special episode of the show with two amazing Like a Dragon fans. So let's start with that. Let's start with that. We have Brian. Hello, Brian. The Junkyard Howdy. Man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Casey. Thanks for having me. Both Junkyards, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, well, I'm, I don't know. I'm so busy lately. I just do what I can. So I think some stuff with the Dream Pod the, uh, or the Dreamcast Junkyard. Mm-hmm. Wrote a couple of things on their blog recently and then uh, do some of the podcasts. And then ju- really just doing podcasts for uh, the Saturn Junkyard, uh, the Titan Cast, when we can but that's very rare so it, you can't maybe i'm neither really okay <laughs> you're just a man okay yeah you're this I'm just a rage man here. yeah <laughs> today with for, for people listening in they don't see but you have a, a pretty cool streets of rage uh cap going on there so well done i love well the done. brim on it it's great <laughs> yeah Excellent. Great merchandise. Uh, <laughs> definitely good promotion as well. <laughs> yeah. You can head yeah. over to the Sega shop. Uh, okay. I don't <laughs> remember where I got not. it, actually. Yeah, I have no idea where I got it. I think Spencer <laughs> or something? It just, it just appeared one day. Yeah. It's fine. That's usually how it goes with Sega Birch. If you're a Sega <laughs> fan, it just appears. Yeah. You just, you just dig through a random box you had and then find things you didn't know existed. There we go. There we go. And I know you're busy with moving... Uh, to another country, so I, I really appreciate you being here, Brian, and taking the time to talk to us about this this game. Um, and you know, on the other side of the the pond, we have uh, Viper. Hello, Viper. Hello. Your backup option is available again. It's so exciting to be here. <laughs> you were not a backup option, actually. To be. No, 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 no. You're never a backup option. Always this strange time, you to be a definitely first <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, you you've been busy with not moving to a di- different country, Viper. Yeah, country? just moving back up and down the same country. Um, <laughs> we're back in place for the moment. It's good. So we'll we'll stay put there for now. I think that's I'll... a good choice. Good choice. <laughs> I'll yeah. stay put here. <laughs> Appreciate you being here as well. So for people, you know, listening to us. This is a special roundtable episode uh, to talk a little bit about Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, uh, which is the most recent game in the Like a Dragon slash Yakuza series by RGG Studio. And we have a lot of stuff to talk about here. Uh, I'll be honest, in in going here first, because I'm the host, I I can't. Uh, (laughs) I love this game. So I'll, I'll just straight out say this. I, I really enjoyed this game more than I thought I would, to be honest. Um, it's shorter. It's more, maybe more focused, but not really because I still got lost in all the, the side <laughs> stuff. I, I only just finished the game this morning. Okay. Just because we had to do this. We had this <laughs> scheduled because I... I as I usually do with all the the Like a Dragon games, I got sidetracked so hard uh, with all the the random stuff you can do and all the like the 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 Akame network and everything else. Um, but I I really said to myself, no no no, this morning before work 
You gotta sit down and quickly go through the last chapter. Just, just do it because you need to talk about the game later. So yeah. So my first question for you guys, and feel free to, to mention whatever you wanna you wanna mention here. We'll, we'll try to at least for now keep it a little bit like spoiler free. Maybe we'll save. Try to save uh, any potential spoilers to the end of the conversation. But feel free to mention whatever you feel like at this point. You know. Overall impressions of the game. Let's start with you, Viper. Uh, did you enjoy it? Uh, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I loved it. I knew where I thought I would stand going into it, but I didn't expect to enjoy it to the same level that I did, if that makes sense. It was... See, we're already saying we're not in the realm of spoilers, but it kind of ties into the entire marketing of the game. It's something that a lot of people never thought would happen again, so to see it happen in the way that it did was exciting but even just beyond that novelty the game really holds up and it immediately left an impact on me that I don't think other games in the series really have and that's saying something because they're so important to me in my life that something coming along quickly trumping that in terms of how how much I enjoyed it was just <laughs> so unsurpri so unsurprising yet really surprising at the same time so I'm really happy with it and it was a nice palate cleanser, as I'm sure we might get onto as well. It felt mm -hmm. really refreshing in comparison to other games in the series, even though it's almost going back to its roots in a sense. It's actually a really nice way to do so, and one that I, I wasn't expecting to love as much as I did, even though I was. It's so hard to explain, but I feel you. <laughs> I'm doing I feel my you. best. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like when they announced the game and we realized we were going to have uh, Kiryu back, <gasps> spoilers, no, not really, uh, <laughs> he's alive. Uh, <laughs> when we when we uh, got that info, I, I was like, oh, yes, I loved uh, like Seven, so Yakuza Like a Dragon, but I'm not really a, a turn-based RPG guy. So I'm really much more into the whole action action side of, of things. And um, I thought I, I, I'm going to enjoy this at least, you know, to, to a certain extent. But then after I started playing and, and getting enthralled in all the, like the, the story, the, the mechanics all over again, it's, yeah, surprisingly and unsurprisingly enjoyable game at the same time. I, I feel you, feel you, yeah. Brian, what about you? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. I, I feel like I also ultimately um, really enjoyed uh, Gaiden. Um, one of the things, you know, I, I feel like it, it, it kept maybe not gnawing at me, but I couldn't quite shake as I was playing through it, is that it felt like a greatest hits of, of just kind yes. of what, at least mechanically, uh, um, what uh, the type of game that Yakuza always was. Um, obviously, going reverting back to the beat-em-up structure was kind of nice to kind of give fans, um, you know, an outlet for that uh, amid the, the pivot towards turn-based combat. Um, but I think it still feels like a, um, you know, pretty cohesive, I don't know, uh, just way to tie in or, or remind players that, hey, this is the thing you always loved. It's more of that. It's maybe a, a refined version of that in some respects. And I think we can get into some of the innovations and things it does differently later. Um, 
And so I appreciated its approach as kind of just being that anchor point to say, hey, I know it's been a few years since you've hung out with Kiryu <laughs> in this way, uh, but, you know, here you go, just to, um, you know, satiate people who might have been missing um, that style of play from it. And I think I think it, it did a great job. Uh, what I don't think it did was quite push forward the franchise necessarily, at least narratively or structurally uh, or you know, environment, you know, setting wise, um, in as much as I would have loved to see it do. Um, but as far as like kind of a, you know, just a, you know, again, that greatest hits, you know, kind of just a reminder of, of the, of what the heart of the series, um, is, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate it a lot. And I feel like it's been enough time since I played one of those that, uh, it hit perfect uh, at this moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's actually a good question. What was the last time, or the late the last title in the pre seven Yakuza titles that you played? You guys remember? Yeah, it was like ten years ago. It was five for me. Uh, okay. I, I'm sure I watched a story recap of six, so I wasn't too spoiled on it when it when the outset or at the outset of, of the game's events for Gaiden uh, kicked in, but. Um, yeah, I think five was probably the last one, and that would have been at the turn of a couple of console generations ago on the PS3, like digitally, mm -hmm. when they yeah, yeah, finally yeah. released a localized <laughs> version after I think PS4 had already been released, and so that mm -hmm. ended up being the last PS new PS3 game I uh, bought, at least at the, when the system was current. So, yeah, yeah, okay. I think it's been a while. So you skipped six. I did skip six. Yeah. I mean, I bought it and then I just was so busy. I forgot to play it. So, so I, I supported Sega with my money with that 60 bucks at, the, uh, at launch, but it is what it is. Okay. Okay. What about you, Viper? Uh, mine's pretty vanilla. Uh, it was, it was Ishin. Oh, I always get, I always get bullied for this. Is it Ishin or Ishin? Oh, yeah. I never know how to say it. I think it, it's but... Ishin. Yeah. I, I always thought it was Ishin. Ishin. And then Aishin was said elsewhere, and uh, it's a whole mess. But yeah, that was the last one I played, only because I thought, I want to get this finished before Gaiden, because I really dropped off of it. And kind of around the same time, I was playing uh, Kurohio, the Black Panther, uh, the okay. first Black Panther game. So kind of conventional and not conventional at all. I don't remember which one it was, but <laughs> either the latest or one of the least remembered, <laughs> depending on which way you look okay. at it. Yeah, I forgot about Ishin. I, I wasn't considering Ishin, so for me it was Ishin, for sure, yeah. Uh, but I was actually thinking about 3, which I was playing on the Xbox back in February, perhaps? Uh, I think the Ishin came out in late February, I think. So yeah, I, around that time. I thought it was, that was when Ishin came out. And a few weeks prior to that, I was playing 3, Never really completed it. This I, I've played it before, but never completed this playthrough. Um, but that was that was the one that I was considering as my latest uh, played game. But yeah, Ishin, I guess, is another one. Although that one is a little bit different as well. Not really mainline, yeah. right? Yeah. So a, as you mentioned, Brian, it has been a while since we played a mainline uh Yakuza slash like a dragon. I have to just stop saying Yakuza. <laughs> and just go with like a dragon at this point. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, like a lad. dragon. Yeah, lad, a lad, a lad game. Um, so 
this wasn't by any means an uh, innovative title or like groundbreaking. Innovative at times, maybe. Somewhat, but, yeah, uh, sure, sure. Somewhat, but, but not groundbreaking by any means. But I don't think it was supposed to be uh, either. It was like just a, right. a way to tie in uh, some loose ends in terms of story. Um, I, I would say f for th what they were trying to achieve in that respect, I think they did a pretty good job. Uh, I think I it was the best hits, like you, uh, uh, greatest hits, as you said, uh, like a, um, a bit of fan service as well, especially towards the end of the story. Um, yeah. Reminiscent of some, so without spoiling things, reminiscent <laughs> of some interesting uh, story points in, in like in Yakuza Like a Dragon in Seven, right, as well, when you got certain appearances by certain characters <laughs> that you know and love. Um, when things happen. And, when and things happen. So things that happened in Lad 7 also happen in Lad Gaiden uh, in, through a different lens perspective, right? From the perspective of Kiryu. Uh, and it all ties in nicely at the end and makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, I'm guessing this wasn't the plan. Uh, no. <laughs> at the, at <laughs> the beginning. Not. But it kind of feels like this was, even if this wasn't the, 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 the original plan, I wonder if someone had this as like a backup plan. <laughs> uh, you know? Okay. So even if we go, if we pivot to the, like the, the turn based battle system. And if if this goes terribly wrong, if people just won't kill you, can we get like a, a way to tie in the story and f make people feel like this was our original plan all along? I wonder. I wonder if that that was <laughs> something that they considered beforehand or not. Either way, I think it worked out fine, and it's it makes a lot of sense. Um, the the story makes sense. I don't know if you want to go. I, I don't think story should be our next topic. I think we should leave that till the <laughs> no. end, right? But uh, so, so speaking of some of the innovations, um, probably you're thinking about the the agent uh, combat agent uh, system. I don't know what do you call it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the gadgets. What, 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 yeah, with the gadgets. What did you guys think of that, uh, Viper? <laughs> <laughs> let's go to um, let's go to <laughs> see I really I don't know how I feel about it I like it as an innovation I initially was quite unsold on it it's a little bit far-fetched and then you actually think about it and you're like hang on this is a very far-fetched series we just like to pretend it's grounded in reality so when you start to think of it a bit more through that lens I was like okay this is so silly I can get on board with it um I can't say I really tended to use it much outside of when it was required, either for uh, story purposes or gameplay purposes, but it does feel like a nice addition. It feels like a way to perhaps attempt some ideas that they were thinking of before. I mean, it feels very much like it could have been its own spin-off, but was brought into this game, very, like a judgment sort of thing. You could have had a detective game and a spy game, etc. So... Um, it felt a little bit weird to have in this mainline game with a character who's comes across as a very normal, average person who could exist, and then you think about all the things he's gone through, and you go, "Hang on, never mind." <laughs> <laughs> it just 
just don't think it should on paper, but I I enjoyed it, just never more than the game required me to enjoy it, if that makes sense. That was I never used it as my battle style, for example, after a certain point, because as fun as the gadgets are, I just <laughs> just get too nostalgic for the original battle style. But I don't know, it's it's fun enough. I, I think it's a nice little twist. Mm-hmm. Okay, Brian. Um, yeah, I use them all the time. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> so I guess we could recount, recap what the gadgets are, right? Yeah. So throughout the early mm-hmm. part of the narrative, you get a series of abilities for combat. Um, you know, you have the the whip. I think was the first one where it's like a what a laser. I don't know it's what the, was the that spider. laser it's called whip. The spider, right? Yeah. Spider. <laughs> yeah, and so you basically Th- use it like, to wrap like up enemies. Spider-Man. And, yeah, Spider-Man. Roam around. Spider-Man. Yeah, he's basically Spider-Man web. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's basically Spider-Man. Uh tossing enemies about with with that. And then you have the jet shoes, which is your you, you can literally just I don't know, hover through enemies. And, of course. Of uh, course. It, As you do. Yeah, my my fiance kind of likened it to um like a armored core. He just like moves, you know, oh, kind of yeah. that fluidity of, of strafing with the, the boost uh, support. Um, and then you can just plow through enemies that way. Um, and then the cigarettes. So the explosive cigarettes where it takes a moment to light them, chucks them into a group of enemies uh, and kaboom. Um, and then what was, what was the last one? It was the, uh, Oh, drones, the drones. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so those, you just summon a bunch of ads to go and swarm your enemies. I think more they were to draw aggro rather than do a ton of damage. Although, uh, if I wanted to be really cheap, I could, from a distance, just like hammer uh, or whittle away at enemies' health from, from far away. Um, I, I liked them because they gave me a new way to approach um, combat. And um, I also think they serve the purpose of giving players who may be newer to the series more tools to uh, kind of make it easier, I suppose, um, because they really do. Some of those are very overpowered, especially once you, uh, once you upgrade them. Um, so I could kind of see it operating on that tier as, as, f- as far as like, you know, easing people in, into uh, combat and then, and then whatever else. I just enjoyed it for the novelty. Um and then I think the other thing is just, just narratively, like it, it kind of answers the question, what are they going to do about Kiryu when he's older, right? Like, because he's getting up there at this point, right? He was, what, in his 30s in 2005? And like, so <laughs> so he's not going to be like the legendary, he's not going to maintain that uh, that legendary strength of, of the dragon of Dojima forever, right? Um, and so this kind of offers a, a hint at like how they may, sustain his relevancy in combat as uh, if they decide to to tackle that in a future you know in in future editions as far as like oh what does it mean to be vulnerable and to rely on these things as um you know as your uh physical abilities decline um but i don't know I, who, who knows if that's the intent but it certainly made me think about that yeah, they'll probably give him a, like a decked out wheelchair or something. <laughs> I, I hope. I hope. Yeah, I mean, that, that's important. Well, they're already giving them segways in the in eight, so <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. they're halfway there already. And so that I don't think this is spoiling anything. It was basically uh, teased and, and announced by Sega. So Q has these gadgets, has access to these gadgets because he's like. 
basically sort of a secret agent, and that's what he's been doing in a way, in a way. Um, and some of them you f you get later because you find a specific character that just uh, gives you some some gadgets to to play around with. Uh, I personally, I'm on the same. I'm actually a bit of both, but I was on the same boat as Viper first. And I actually, I think I said this during a, a Radio Sega show. I was not enjoying the, the new combat system at all at first. I thought it was a little bit clunky because I think there's a moment in, in the, the, the early stages of the game where you really just can only use the agent uh, mechanics or at least you're required to to traverse a certain area and you will need those gadgets and those systems so you're mostly you can switch but it just doesn't make much sense because you need the the gadgets to to get through that and i i thought at first they felt a little a little bit clunky i even even the the dragon is it the dragon style I don't remember. Even, Yakuza, oh, Yakuza, Yakuza style. Yeah, yeah Yakuza style. Even the that, style the, slash, yeah. I think I think they call it Yakuza. This one, um, before upgrading uh, a certain abilities, it's it feels a little bit clunky as as well. I think at the beginning, so I wasn't really feeling either of the styles to be honest. But when I started upgrading um, both both mechanics, both styles, uh, getting more moves. Upgrading the the gadgets, the gadgets get really useful at some point, um, especially if you enter heat mode, right? Extreme yeah. heat mode, uh, the, the 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 explosive cigarettes especially, just like. And I think this was a, a nice innovation for the many situations in this game when you're surrounded by a lot of enemies, right? You have like, not just in this game, but. I think in this particular game, there are several situations where you have like to fight a lot of enemies at the same time. You're like getting surrounded. So having yeah. these gadgets to resort to as a way to like just get a breather or uh, make some room to escape and regroup, I think that's a, a good way to, to keep things fresh and interesting. But as I went along, I feel like I agree with Viper. I... Uh, I at some point I started using the agent um, system or whatever uh, style more and more, but by the end of the game I was like full on yakuza for those <laughs> like final story moments and stuff. It's uh, just too appropriate. It's appropriate. You feel like it's you're more powerful that way. Um, I didn't upgrade everything. I don't know if you did. Didn't have time. No, <laughs> not enough money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, the the things that I upgraded, I think I, I I had a pretty good balanced agent style and a pretty balanced uh, yakuza style as well. The things that I upgraded were fine enough. I had I think full health, uh, but I was missing some moves uh, on either either style and. Um, in the agent side, I upgraded maybe half of the gadgets. Uh, so I, I had, I had a, 
still have a lot to do if I want to go back to the game, which I can. Still a lot to do. But I think I, I got a pretty good sense of how the game was supposed to, to be played. And yeah. ha having that freedom, especially when you compare it with the other styles that we had in previous games, like Brawler, Rush, or um, what's the other one? Like the most powerful one? I can't remember. Uh, dragon. Is it Dragon? I think Dragon's the name of the one which then became... Yaks are in this one, yeah. Okay, they probably. change the name of stuff all the time. Unsurprisingly, yeah. like the entire series, it's fine. <laughs> but the 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 styles are back to their original names in Infinite Wealth. If you've played the demo, which we'll talk about in a little bit, yeah, but yeah, they they reverted them back to the the original names. But yeah, but those styles were basically just brawler style with less or more movement and fluidity and and right a little bit more power or less power this time you have something truly different that yeah you know makes things uh feel fresh and, and interesting even if they're not your preferred fighting style i think it's fun to have and, and nice to to be able to do uh to 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 play the game this way i found them useful the 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 gadgets also for uh street battles especially the jet boots whatever they're called, because uh, you could evade enemies. Oh, yeah. And just skip the battles mm -hmm. altogether. If I was just like, which I did this morning, when I was, <laughs> oh, I really need to finish this game. So, oh, no, here they come again. So, let me go. <laughs> just, just, just skip the battles, the street battles altogether. So, it's useful for that reason as well. Um, would you like to see this... Like become a main a feature of the main games, the agent style, or any of it, like any of the gadgets or anything. Um, I I see it as a great starting point for building on. Um, I you know, I think ultimately if they were to develop this further and lean into it, I would probably want to see some rebalancing. Um, uh, although I found myself a lot of the times using the gadgets when there were a lot of like weaker enemies on screen for crowd control and so yeah those jet boots you could just bowl through people and and it was a huge damage dealer in those situations especially when you couldn't as far as i know i i, I didn't find any items where you could you know deter or turn off battles altogether like you could in some of the other games um, where nobody would uh, fight you because you were wearing a magic headband or some bullshit um but i i love the uh you know, I, but I love the ability to like expedite or expedite. Excuse me. I love the ability to expedite those battles um, even more. And so mm -hmm. you could, you know, just a few rounds of back and forth of of bowling with the jet shoes, and uh, you know, you could uh, rack up uh, some KOs pretty quickly. Um, and then, you know, once you got some of that. Um, additional enemies out of the way, then you could switch to the brawler style or whatever, the, the Yakuza style and mm -hmm. um, go ham that way. So that, that's kind of how I played a lot of the time. Um, yeah. But yeah. I really, I enjoyed the option, right? Like I don't think it hurt to offer that as a supplemental option to um, the, the core style. Um, but if they were to lean into it in future games, yeah, I would definitely love to see some sort of, uh, I don't know, so, some sort of directional um, progress towards other unique gadgets you could use, maybe more situational or like strategy focus where there are certain bosses that you could 
use a particular um, gadget to to gain an advantage. And maybe it wouldn't be mandatory, but it would make that fight a lot easier. I think we saw a couple examples of it in this game, but um, but really leaning into that as like a way to make boss battles and, and other battles feel more distinct from each other is is giving you more options to approach them um, accordingly. So mm-hmm. yeah, I loved it in that sense and I would like to see it in the future. Yeah, the, the only the only specific use of of the gadgets in that way that you just mentioned, I think it's in the final battle, but you don't really do anything. No. You just see a cutscene of Kiryu using the, the spider, right? So he yeah, just pulls... Yeah. Yeah. The guy, uh, yeah, it's 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 a nice <laughs> cutscene moment, but not really something that you did. And that that's another thing: the gadgets are not really useful against the more powerful enemy. Not not true, but especially the spider. The spider is not really useful because you you can't. Yeah. They're too strong, or they cut mm-hmm. the spider when you're trying to pull them in to rope them in. Um, I guess the others are somewhat useful, but the cigarette, if they move a- around a lot, doesn't affect them because they move away from it. Yeah. Uh, maybe the shoes, the drones oh, are just, just deal. The drone. I mean, if it was one on one, you could spam them with drones to draw the aggro away, or at least delay it for a bit, and then run in for additional damage. Um. But yeah, and, and some of them you could tie, like the spider web. Um, if you upgraded enough, there were more options for when that you could use as a long range grapple, even for yeah. larger bosses, where you, then you could do follow up. Oh, that's probably, that. yeah, that's probably um, my, my problem here. Should have upgraded yeah, but, it further. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that potential existed, but it wasn't, it didn't build the fights around that in a way that. I think it, they would have needed to to really like sell them as useful um, uh, gadgets, I suppose. But yeah, yeah, I totally understand. They just kind of felt like a novelty um, for most people, and I mm-hmm. totally get that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. What about you, Viper? Would you like to see this implemented in some way in the future? Uh, I think my answer is a bit more simple because I I really would like to see them again. I just struggle to think thematically as to how they'd work in well at least eight certainly i i mean we can tell from the demo but even then it seems like there's i don't know how much they get use out of them but i could definitely see it transferring over to judgment if indeed we do ever get a third game i think it's already an extension of some of the feature sets you had in those two games to begin with so i'd like to see if it can't continue in the main series, it at least transfers back over to there because there is a lot of potential here. And although I'm kind of like Casey, perhaps I just didn't see all that potential because I didn't do all the upgrades or anything like that. But definitely I felt its usage was more geared towards crowd control. And then you, in smaller groups, you then switched over to the Brawler, Dragon, Yaks, or whatever it's called style. Um, you, you then switched over to that when you had a bit more of a smaller manageable crowd because the hits did a bit more. So... In a game like 8, for example, where it's turn-based, there's obviously not a whole lot of room for them in the sense they appeared in this game, but I could see them coming back. But I think that's where they'd feel most fitting outside of this one, because narratively I have no idea how they would bring them back, but there's too much potential potential here to let go to waste, I think. They're really fun when you figure out how to use them correctly, which clearly I didn't. But the couple of times they shone, I really enjoyed the style. And yeah, I want to see more of it for sure. I want to see this fleshed out and 
perfected and polished over a couple of games because mm-hmm. there's a lot here that should be that should be good for um, future entries. You know, they've already got a really solid foundation to move this on with, I'd say. But it's still good in the form it is. But like with everything, you can continue to make it even better. So I hope. I just don't know how. If that makes sense. I I actually think it would make sense in eight because. Uh, okay. You don't really, but not like the way you're you're using them in in Gaiden, because you don't have the freedom of movement that you yeah. have in Gaiden. But having like one of the um, the special attacks for Kiryu be one of the the drones or like the drones or the the spider or something like pull an enemy over, and I don't know that that would make it it would be easy to implement that way. Yeah, but I don't think it would be as satisfying as having it. You know, in a the battle in a, in a, a brawler type situation yeah. like you had in Gaiden, so I do Just agree with you guys. Of a, of a big swarm of drones is like one of the you know the really expensive pound mate specials. You could definitely yeah, get exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> I I'm sure some some reference to to, to the the agent style is in in the in, oh, in, in be, age. Yeah. yeah, it has to be has to be especially considering the story. Yeah, probably. Well, he is on maybe. vacation, right? Oh, did we do we spoil stuff? <laughs> so theoretically, maybe they wouldn't give him all the fun the fun gadgets. But is he out. though? But is he though? Mm, That's true. Mm, oh, yeah, you can cut this if you need. <laughs> no, we'll live it. We'll live it on. Uh, by well, the way, if he's on the clock, <laughs> fair game for the gadgets. Yeah, he has a really nice car. But anyway, I digress. Um, speaking of new things. Uh, the customizations. Did you do anything in terms of that? Did you buy clothes and and change the way he looked? Oh yeah, because I didn't. Time. But okay, all the time. <laughs> I planned to, but I got sidetracked by other things that I found more interesting. So Brian, please, please tell us uh, uh, how your experience was with that. So by the way, for people not familiar with this, you can in this game uh, actually dress Kiryu up. Uh, or Joryu. I'm, I'm sorry. You can dress Joryu up. <laughs> uh, what, diff- completely different character. Um, masks, hats, uh, shoes, mm-hmm. like suits, pants, and, and stuff. So you have you can change everything, basically, and uh, have fun with that, if that's your sort of thing. Uh, I plan to do that. But, you know, you need money. And mm-hmm. I was busy upgrading other stuff. And... and playing other parts of the game. So how was it for you? How was that experience for you, Brian? Um, yeah, I think I got almost every article of, of clothing that I could wear, both just That's walking around. Yeah, and that, well, I mean, it becomes easier if you, you know, spam the, uh, the arena battles a bit, the later ones that you get a yeah. ton of money. Um, so it was very easy to just buy all the clothes. Uh, and it didn't take a Kame points to have to buy them either like it does for upgrades and things so mm-hmm. there really is no limit <laughs> other than uh yeah your uh tolerance for for uh grinding um but yeah anyway uh yeah i i, I loved it at one point i dressed cure you up as goro majima 
um, because you could get the eye patch and the, of course. the silver shirtless, uh, silver jacket with, with no shirt under and the uh, snakeskin boots, whole thing. It was amazing. Um, I think I, you know, he was a uh, clown for a little bit. I had him as a luchador uh, and you, and you can set up different outfits that you would have just wandering around on the street. And then in the battle arena, which maybe we can talk about at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's uh I don't know. I just experimented with a lot of stuff and came up with some really crazy shit. Uh, Kiryu was like an emo <laughs> emo dude at one point. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of lets you... It, it doesn't give you a ton of stuff. There's probably only a few dozen uh, objects you can uh, you know, uh, dress them in, but man, it, it, was, it was enough to, uh, to amuse me for a while. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. <laughs> I think I ultimately just settled on like a some sort of Oxford like look blazer and then the, uh, like a news news stand. What's what's the flat top cap? What are those called? Yeah, no idea. Just a flat cap. That's all I would have said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those. And then and I also just love that he. Uh, yeah, it was just a very you know prep preppy look basically <laughs> yeah. uh, and then and i loved it i loved uh the glasses like he always has to have some sort something over his face as a mask uh-huh. and that and glasses count and i love that he just went through the whole game expecting people not to recognize him just <laughs> by wearing sunglasses so like, okay dude it's like the clark kent effect to, right? to be fair to be fair <laughs> people who thought they recognized him always asked him to remove his glasses just to be sure <laughs> So I think it works to a certain degree. I think, you know, especially because they were like sunglasses. So that counts. That counts as a mask, I think. Like, so I think so. But yeah, but it was a fun experience to, to customize uh, Joryu. <laughs> I, I thought so. I mean, I, I wasn't really taking the narrative or everything too seriously. So I was happy to just have him walking around dressed like a, a clown or something. You mean you, we should take this these games seriously? <laughs> My God, that's shocking. <laughs> yeah, Love there it. are certain... So maybe we can we can branch out here and, and because I think the, the customization also ties in with the castle, which is what we usually call the arena or the Coliseum or whatever. This time it's the castle, which is on a boat, uh, like a big, big, big ship, actually. Uh, with buildings, because why not? Uh, <laughs> and um, and but it basically works like the the previous coliseums or arenas or whatever. It's like different rounds and tournaments and stuff. Um, and so that's a good way to to get more money. And since you mentioned you can switch costumes and wear different things running around, um, the Akame Network, which we can talk a little bit about. Uh, there are certain missions that require Kiryu to dress up as, for example, a clown, which I never did because I never got the clown <laughs> costume. But I was always finding that family, those parents with the little kid crying in front of Club <laughs> Sega. Yes, I know, I know. I, I'll, I'll try to find the, <laughs> the clown costume and, and come back, but I never did. So, first up, the Akame Network. For people not familiar with the game, uh, how can we explain what this is? Uh, um, so it's like, it's a network, right? So Akami <laughs> is a character you find in in the game. Mm-hmm. The game is most, mostly set in Sotenbori, um, 
as previous games have been before. Um, so it's not a, like an unfamiliar area or setting for the game. It's like a little bit more confined this time because you have certain barriers, invisible barriers that don't allow you to branch out, but it's still Sotenbori. And when in Sotenbori, you find a character called Akame, which, or who is someone who will help you and drive the story forward as well. And he has like the homeless people in in town are part of her network of information. Uh, and she rewards you for um, answering people's requests and, uh, you know, doing stuff for her with, with points and with money and expanding her network. Uh, what did you guys think of that specific mechanic? Basically the side stories that we're used to, right? In yeah. a way. Mm. Yeah. Five minutes. <laughs> Please. Yeah, go ahead. So it sounds like say. I have a more positive opinion on this one then. Um, I I really like this as a mode. I as you say, it's like the side stories of the past, but I felt like um at least that part of it was so much more streamlined than games before. I've always found the side content of these games very overwhelming, even as someone who's dunked hundreds of hours into them. So even side stories having a nice list there telling you what it is, what you're doing, what you need, and what you're going to get, um, and how much sometimes how much time it's going to take. But that's not always a great estimate. But having having it all listed out like that is a really nice, almost accessibility feature disguised as a as disguised as something else, like a its own mechanic. Um, that I really appreciate it for the fact that this does replace that entire sub story system because. Yeah, uh, I like the fact that there's actual in-game experience tied to it as well, because sometimes like upgrades are handled just with money or they're handled with some sort of central experience system. So it's nice that to get a bit more balanced in the game, you have to spend more time <laughs> being a good person, getting people's names out there, etc. It's The more you play the game, the more you're rewarded for it kind of situation, it felt like. so. Although sometimes I feel like a little too much progression was locked behind the system in essence i quite like its existence because it's it's just tying a lot of previous loose ends previously quite messy um overgrowing parts of the game into one neat tidy package so i really appreciate what they went for with it but mainly the sub story stuff because there were just hundreds of the things and at least now you have a nice little list and you don't have to go and find them all around town or do something else or you can mess it up or miss one like you could in the very early games. It's nice that it's all just easily accessible. And Akama is a great character to tie it together as well. She's <laughs> probably my favourite support character in the series, so it's really nice that it's tied together with someone who you actually like spending time with, um, at least in the in-game sense. So I, I liked it quite a bit. There's some improvements I'd make if this is a similar system to what's being used in 8 or going forward, but as a whole, it's a long-needed redo for the most part. Some bits, balancing-wise, it still needs work, but I appreciate the thought that went into trying to make things more approachable for new players, and I think that's something the game in general is significantly better at than the past couple of entries. So I'm pretty happy with it. just needs a few extra, extra like some significant, some not-so-significant changes in the future to really hit its potential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think this sums up the game in general as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, one absolutely. of the, the the greatest strengths of the game for me is being a shorter 
uh, game in terms of everything. But you have basically everything that you have like surrounding it, all the the, the mini games and the the activities and sub stories and everything. And you have a an interesting story as well. But it's not as uh, overwhelming as sometimes uh, past games can be. And I'm saying this from a place of love because I really do love previous games and having a, a a very large game and world to 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 go to and escape to but i feel like this more compact experience uh worked in its favor because you know and we already knew going in that would be a it would be a shorter game but it's still easy to get sidetracked as i i am living proof of that uh it's there's still a lot of stuff to do so and i agree I hadn't thought about this in, in that uh, way, but I think, yeah, the Akame Network is a way to make it make the sub-stories more accessible to people. Yeah, that's a good, very good point. Yeah, Brian, I, I see you nodding. <laughs> yeah, you agree, right? I mean, I, I agree that there's a convenience um, aspect to it. And yeah, with a tightly built game like this, um, I think... A system like this was necessary, and conceptually, I, I totally agree. I love, you know, Kame is a great character, as you mentioned, Viper. Uh, you know, she's funny and kind of a badass, and uh, and a smartass. All the asses. Uh, um, and then I, yeah, uh, you know, I think as a handler and conduit to your sub stories, um, and all, I, I, you know, I think she that that as a concept was great. Um, I think we should also delineate in the types of uh, mission she gave you because there are ones that are sort of a little more tangible that have you going through multi-step process uh, to get she'll brief you on the situation and then you have to go I don't know confront this gang or help this person and and so those were like kind of predetermined a little more complex um, but you're all housed in that list as you were saying um and then there was the exclamation points right so these are just the you know oh there's a, a bunch of requests we got from people around town go see what they need talk to them and do their thing um i was not a, as much of a fan of the latter part um just because uh for a few reasons a they all amounted to just like fetch quests or something silly um that you could just do in an instant or if you had an item in your inventory that they wanted some yakitori or, or, or some, something you could just yeah okay here you go i got it <laughs> and here's here's a uh not a red bull but like i don't know like mountain Dew or Suntory. yeah here's <laughs> some candy and it's like oh, okay cool i completed the quest i guess just check that off the box and and i think games like this open world games in general but especially yakuza games i think are at their best when my connection with their environments and their locales feels organic um, and i can stumble across these things by chance or just see a character doing some weird shit or somebody dressed like michael jackson or whatever that is right and just wonder like what the hell is going on i should check that out i, I and unfortunately i just don't think this version of Osaka had enough of those curiosities to connect it in the same way that I would have with previous um, games. And and as an extension of that, the sub-stories were also a lot more predictable. Even the more tangible ones, you're always given kind of a brief of, of what you're going to do and who you're going to help. Uh, you know, they still had the, the twists and turns and some of the emotional um, 
you know, the emotional twists there that I, I do love about the best of Yakuza's side stories. Uh, I think that is traditionally one of the, um, you know, just the most, um, I don't know what, what's a good word. It's like the most charismatic aspects of mm-hmm. the series and things that I, uh, that draw me in most. Um, and I, and I even feel like those were a bit diminished by just housing them in a more checklist system rather than letting me kind of be surprised and explore and discover them, um, organically. So I think for that reason, I understand the necessity, but I also don't feel like it resonated with me, uh, in the same way. That's fair. That's fair. That's I. I. Yeah. Th- those are two good points. Two good, good points of view. Actually, I, I agree in with the middle both. Now. <laughs> I agree with both. Yeah, but I, I. I'm tempted to go with with to side with you, Viper, a little bit more on this because I. I find that sometimes it can get overwhelming. The con- and I. I do feel like I have missed uh, a lot of great stuff. Uh, from from sub stories or, or side stories in previous games because what I usually do it's is what happens with this game but multiplied by like ten weeks more. Um, I get sidetracked a lot. I do a lot of stuff that I that is fun in the game, not focusing on the main story. And then I think to myself, there's a new game coming out, or I need to just wrap this up, and I you know just fly through the main story and don't go exploring for the rest of the game. And that makes me feel like I've missed some of those uh, like uh, amazing moments that Brian was saying, like the, those surprising characters and twists and turns that don't really contribute much to the the main story of the game, but do um, you know, make the whole experience of playing these games much, much better. So I do appreciate them trying to, uh, I mean, alleviate some of the the pressure that you feel to to just go everywhere and and see everything and what if I miss this? You really can't miss stuff in this game. You miss, you, you probably miss having those surprising moments, but I think in, um, a compact game like this one in a shorter game you'd still do have some of those with the sub with the 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 main the um, i don't know what they call them the mission something missions maybe yeah maybe. yeah they're not sub stories not sub stories here but the, the ones yeah. that you have to talk to akami first to complete them yeah and the ones yeah. that appear on that list that viper was was mentioning those i think are still some of the highlights of the game for me uh, and some of them also feature are a part of the fan service of this game as well with and not spoiling anything but certain characters are mentioned or appear and that's that's fun that's fun if you if you've played all the previous games you're getting a lot out of this even if you're not like completely surprised by anything and even if you see the the final twist coming i think it's still great but but i I, but i understand yeah i understand it's it's a shorter yakuza experience if you will so yeah and it's also a reflection of the the scope of the game and the budget yeah for sure and you know time they had to devote to developing it relative to uh the work they would have done in tandem um Mm -hmm. for 
of for infinite wealth. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I would imagine traditionally in a development cycle, those sub stories and you know integrating them into the world and that and how they play into the world building with NPCs referencing and talking about the weird thing they saw in the other part of the city that you can go explore. Like all of those things to to do that to truly like have those surprising uh, sub stories requires probably a ton of work and time um, that I just imagine they didn't have for this. And that was just kind of out of scope, so to speak, for what this experience is going to be. I totally get that. Um, but I mean, at the same time, I also kind of like a, medi- a middle ground where, you know, especially with the checkpoints, I think that was just really where I felt like, oh, wow, this could have been you know, randomly generated, or this could have been a radiant system or some AI generated thing where you just put different uh, NPCs around the map and gave them specific things they wanted. Oh, I have to play darts or I have to get you this, you know, this snack or it, it, it felt impersonal in a way that I yeah. traditionally don't feel, um, you know, that, that I feel like is, is usually part of this franchise's strong suit. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think it was uh, mm-hmm. for this game. And, and that's okay. That wasn't its focus. But uh, nevertheless, it's still my takeaway. I get it. I get it. Yeah. They probably just asked Shot DDT to, to come up with stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and people listening are like, what's Shot DDT? Play the game. Yeah, that was legit one of my most uh, memorable of the side quests. And again, that was one of the ones you're briefed on up front, right? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so a little more kind of tangible ones. And there were a few mm-hmm. like that, maybe like three or four that I felt, oh, yeah, this mm-hmm. is this is hitting that stride that I really want to, um, you know, that I traditionally appreciate out of these games. Um, and so, yeah. We'll I, see. I think I, that was the first moment where I felt like, oh, yeah, this is, yeah, this is, this is the Yakuza game. Yeah. It's just silly and out there, and of course. And the, the guy running into danger and like getting beat up, of course, they usually do that. Why not? This is, this doesn't make any sense. And yeah, that's a great, great one. <laughs> okay, going back to the oh, by the way, I I didn't mention my thoughts on Akame. Yeah, love Akame too. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually uh, I I picked up my phone before we started recording, before I actually came back to my office to, to start recording. Um, and I saw a tweet by someone saying that Akami is really popular. And I had no idea. Um, and yeah, I, I felt myself really wanting Akami to be even more prominent in this game, uh, <laughs> have a bigger role in the story. And I really hope we, we get yeah. to see her in, in future in future games as well. Uh, not sure if it's happening, but yeah. Uh, apparently the, the voice actor in like the, the model for the, the character is a singer and uh, an actress as well. So, no idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, <laughs> I do I just, that all the time, and I never I, even realize. <laughs> I learned this today, before like five minutes before we started recording. So she has like an English name. I can't remember what it is. I'll try to find it. <laughs> uh, let's see. First summer. Weekend? Exactly. That's it. Uh, <laughs> I just first some first summer something. So uh, because why not? Because yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, yeah, but definitely Akami was one of the highlights for me uh, in terms of characters as well. Uh, and even though we're not really touching the story quite yet, I just wanted to mention something else before that. But for sure, my my favorite character, new character in this in this game. What about the castle and all that uh, involved the the castle experience? I don't know. I get the feeling that Brian experienced it to 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 its fullest. <laughs> to oh get yeah, all the money. indulged in the debauchery of, a, of <laughs> everything it had to offer. The casino floors and <laughs> the, the night pool fighting tournaments, um, which you could just run in, right? Like the VIP pool, and there's two pools. You can just like just run in them fully clothed, and then you're That's sopping the first wet. thing that it I takes did. A while that I dry. did. I love yeah. it. Any game that lets me do that, I'm going to do it all the time. Yeah, just so. just missing the the that trophy in uh, what was it? Uncharted two, I think Uncharted two. Yeah, oh, you had, right. You, right. you ran into the pool and he said, Marco, you, you unlocked the trophy. <laughs> you got out, went back in again, polo, and you got another yeah. trophy. <laughs> because why Probably not? Probably just a budget, a budget constraint. I can only Probably. imagine that they, they really wanted to do that. Of course, um, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the Japanese uh, equivalent of that is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is a Marco Polo. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I, I loved it. Yeah. I don't know if you want to like give exposition of what, what the boat is or, uh, I mean, cause really it is a contained, maybe not even a microcosm of, of the, of Dotenbury or Sotenbury. Sorry, I say Dotenbury cause that's the actual name of the neighborhood that <laughs> Sotenbury is based on in Osaka. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just a contained area that at a certain point in the story you come upon that that is, yeah, where all of the, um, you know, kind of the big fighting tournaments happen. It's 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 a catalyst for a lot of the events of uh, the main story because you have the the patriarch. I forget his name. The the guy Nishitani. The, the blue suit. He looks like yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I just knew him as the blue suit K-pop star guy <laughs> <laughs> with a penchant for violence. Yeah. Oh my god, the K-pop star um, is on point. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you do. It's where you encounter him and a few of the other characters, and some of the events uh, roll forward. Um, there's also a casino. It just kind of brings into one place a lot of the amenities and uh, activities of the game. So you have the hostess club, the or whatever they call them in this one, the um, uh, the casino, the the traditional what shogi show shogo what what do you call the the shogi? traditional japanese yeah the japanese so. the gambling games the gambling hall I don't touch um, that yeah <laughs> whatever the gambling hall no no i'm just talking yeah i'm just t- trying to recount and then yeah, the boutique yeah, yeah. where you can dress up your character buy mm-hmm. new clothes um the fighting term is where i spent most of my time and so, b- by the way, so for people yeah. who are familiar with previous games, it's basically the purgatory area of this game, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, and I all its you. lavish glory. No, it's yeah. No, it's uh, it definitely serves that purpose. Um, I think the twist on it, which I really appreciated. I mean, you go through a series of escalating, uh, you know, fights of different difficulties or different you know rule sets or styles but in addition to that there are uh, what they call 
uh, Hell Battle, no, Hell Team uh, Rumble. Hell Team Rumble, right? yeah. Hell Team Rumble. And so this is where my imagination went wild <laughs> where we, you know, cause you build your team, you can recruit new people as that you meet throughout the story. Um, and it's, it almost took place. It took that, that space that would have been occupied by like the management property management and business simulator and, and Yakuza seven. Um, I think it was that level of, of dedication, at least for me, because, um, as I was accruing new members and trying to get everybody leveled up onto my team, um, and you could have fights with up to 10, 10 people fighting alongside you, um, and, and I think you could recruit a total of like, what, 30 or 40 or something like that. Um, and so, it, and then they were all like of different uh, styles. So, some of them were healers, literally, uh, some of them were. You know, tanks, the defender type. Others were more strikers, DPS, whatever. Um, and I spent way too much, way more time than I should have just fighting those battles. And there were, you know, a couple of dozen of them over and over um, just to figure out what is the optimal team that I can build of all of these characters. Um, <laughs> and, and it got to the point, and it was really bad. It got to the point where I would go through, would just do like a medium difficulty battle and see if the character could win it all by themselves. So it could be <laughs> against like five or 10 enemies. And it would just be me and them. Uh, and I would say, all right, I'll, I'll just stay, hand, stand back, do nothing, and let them see and see if they can you know, beat everybody. And so for the ones that did, those got vetted onto my A team. So, so the ones that could beat everyone and then do it within like two minutes, get like a, a, a rank or B rank. Um, I'm like, hell yeah. So, so you're uh, basically running so auditions. I ended up building a super team. I did auditions. <laughs> yeah, I have a list somewhere of like all the time. And yeah, so I got like the optimal team that I could. And balancing it to make sure we have enough healers to sustain, um, you know. So yeah, I think three healers was the sweet spot I landed on for a ten-person team. And then in the later levels, you could or the later matches, you'd fight upwards of like 25, 30 people. Um, and it really just got me really wanting a Muso uh, Yakuza game. Like I just give me Yakuza, but Dynasty Warriors. I, I just I feel like they they got it mechanically. <laughs> If they can build that out and they have the interest in building that out in a, a game of that fashion, I am there. I am absolutely there. Yeah, yeah. That's an so, idea yeah. for a spinoff. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> was that, so that was my it. journey. <laughs> uh, and I think I think Sheep Man was actually like the <laughs> the most effective in if you're if you're curious. He got an A rank all by himself. <laughs> decimated because because the stats are it gives you stats right like their attack power their defense their health none of that shit matters uh, what really matters is is the how the ai conditions them to be their aggressiveness and i don't think that's a metric that's in any of those stats so yeah you he just kicks ass and then his special power which um chicken man also has a little less effective but chicken man's also on the a team also very good uh they, they just they just shoot weapons like i think he has explosives chicken man has a machine gun <laughs> completely you could play as these characters too in the the team battle royale so it's like i don't it's it's just fun to cycle them in and out and and cause chaos, uh, cause chaos wherever however you can sorry i rambled on no no about no, no no thank you if if yeah. chicken man has a machine gun is not a soundbite i don't know what is uh, <laughs> for this show i mean i mean i think that's the title right there 
for this episode. Chicken Man has a, a machine gun. <laughs> How could we like be talking seriously about this game when when we have Chicken Man with a machine gun here? I mean, yeah. Uh, have you dived into the, the the castle side of things, Viper? A not, little not to bit. this extent. Yeah, only sure. up to this extent. I'm missing out. This is the real game that's contained within. I, I think so. So I clearly I need to spend more time with it because I really enjoyed that mode, but I didn't even get anywhere near this deep. This is like the top of. Oh, I'm at the top of the iceberg. This is like multiple hundreds of meters below the surface, right? So <laughs> in comparison to what I'm seeing, so clearly I'm going to get back to this, but. Like you said earlier, it is just basically purgatory um, from the previous games, but it's really impressive having been so familiar with that and having seen it so many times in the games, how they managed to make something significantly more pretty. It was already a very pretty place to begin with down there. They made it prettier and yet still way more degenerate at the same time. <laughs> it's really impressive. Yeah. The, the like the, you know the the beta version effectively purgatory was really nice looking but it was also disgusting right they they've amplified both aspects times 10 it just engulfs it in comparison it's brilliant i love it and there's <laughs> a, a, a part of the story where sorry. you have to sorry i interrupted you that's fine <laughs> you have to you have to to run uh you know through the underground levels and that gets even more disgusting as well yeah. you get you see everything that's going on behind the scenes and yeah yeah that's a good point and even a and even above ground like look what happens to people who lose all their money and can't pay their yeah. gambling yeah. debts they make them just i don't know what be naked and have to carry the cart for all the rich people that they basically just be yeah i don't know drawn carriages mm. that they have to carry around yeah, it's messed up. Sorry, Viper. Yeah, so good. sorry, Viper. No, yeah, we interrupted you. That, that's pretty much what I was going to get to. Like scenes like that on the castle, just you you go, wow, look at the spectacle of this. And then you then you see you're introduced to certain scenes. And you're like, not only is this brutal, this is also just grim, <laughs> to be honest. So that was my main memory of it. I'm like, I'm taking in the beauty of this place, but I feel like I feel like there's some more obvious imagery in front of me that they're trying to explain to me. Like you know, beauty isn't just what what the eye beholds or anything like that. But at the same time, I am sat there going, wow, there's a lot of nice lights and there's a VIP pool <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. But uh, no, there was where I should have used the costumes. Clearly I didn't do that. There's a lot of stuff which I've yet to explore, but this was where I spent a lot of time playing darts live. So <laughs> same, <laughs> there's same, that. same. Played a lot of darts live. Um, aside from that, I really liked the battle arena mode. Clearly I've got a lot to learn. I, as a whole, didn't really focus too much on the side stuff, which this is the first time I've really wanted to go back and do that. I've just so much this year, like you've said. Um, but th this is like the central hub of the most interesting side stuff, I'd say, for me personally. This is where most of the stuff that I actually really want to go back and play, as opposed to the stuff a bit further down my list. This is where most of it is. It's a really nice area, and it compacts in a lot of the game's most exciting aspects into it. So, I mean, I'm. I'm not an enjoyer of chicken with a machine gun yet. Chicken man's not on my radar, so <laughs> sooner or later I have to experience this myself. And of course. we'll have a second. We only have one um, confirmation that this exists right now, so I need to go in and make sure that this is real, right? Yeah, <laughs> something yeah. Collectively he could be tricking us, like seeing if we're, <laughs> we, we'll believe anything at this point. 
You know, coming from Brian. I have been pretty sleep deprived. He has lived in the castle. So, yeah. He's got the evidence. He's got authority. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can be an unreliable source. Like, I, I, uh, yeah, I've been pretty sleep deprived lately. So, I've been really busy with the move. So, I could be hallucinating anything. Yeah, my my main complaint with with the castle is the one the biggest design flaw in this game, which is putting the darts live outside the 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 the, the battle arena reception area. So whenever <laughs> I wanted to go, okay, so I need to like play some some of the arena stuff. Oh, but there's darts live. So oh. and ever since Shenmue. Darts is my my favorite <laughs> mini game in every video game. So yeah, I I just had to play. And if you and you can unlock, um, maybe unlock is not the the right the right word, but you like can recruit other characters in the game, like uh, side characters to play with you. And there are some really good ones. There's a girl. <laughs> In the castle, in the lounge area, the VIP yeah, lounge, fighter lounge. I think lounge. I know the one you mean. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I'll, I'll play with her. She's probably not that strong. She's like full, full on bullseye, bullseye, bullseye. Like, what? <laughs> you got to pass the time somehow, right? Yeah. <laughs> she clearly yeah, just yeah, got yeah. amazing at darts to uh, take her it's mind awesome. away. Like, I you think see it's the like lack of vices. clothes as well that helps. <laughs> <laughs> Less to weigh you down. Exactly. <laughs> Dance tournament's about to get really weird. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing they're right on TV, otherwise that'd just be you just wouldn't want to see it, right? <laughs> okay. Anything else to mention, guys, before we get into some of the story <laughs> stuff for the last last few minutes of this podcast of this episode? Club Sega. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, let's oh. do that. I had it on my list. Of course, Club Sega, which is mostly what, what people who are not really big Yakuza fans are playing right now, right? <sighs> They're getting this game for, for Club Sega. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Viper, since you mentioned that, of course, please be my guest. You are my guest, but... You know. I'll continue to be it then, fine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just... I, Club Sega, of course, is always like an iconic feature of these games, but never before has it been... A complete draw like it has been with this game and although it hasn't been quite as effective as trojan horsing people into the main game as i hoped it would be this is far and away the best one they've had in the series i'm sure eight will come along and top it but this there's always been some like real good stuff in here i mean um from the quote preservation perspective motor raid was a really cool get in judgment and you can play that here again so that already really nice um only playable in judgment and in arcades experience is back again sonic the fighters and virtual fighter 2 have come up a number of times but really fighting vipers 2 to a lesser extent but come on daytona 2 is the star of the show it's nice they gave us this free game around daytona 2 right it's such a big game and you're only buying it for that one port <laughs> but I love Daytona 2 anyway. It's a really nice version to play. It's good to have it in in home, officially, legally, depending on how you want to phrase it nowadays, just have an official Sega version of it. Wish it wasn't the only one we had. It's kind of a shame, but as a draw, I respect it because it doesn't seem like Sega asking them to shoehorn it in. It seems like a love letter from 
I heard all the Model 3 emulation in the next two games is exclusively because of one member of staff just wanted to make an emulator. Yeah. And that's why we got Daytona 2 here. So RGG are always full of love for not only um, old Sega games, but old games the team themselves worked on. You know, that's why we're getting mm-hmm. Spike out next time round. So I, I love it. It's the best club Sega to date in a feature that is already kind of the star of the show to the majority of outsiders. So I. I can't say anything more than that outside of just gushing on again about Daytona 2 and Fighting Vipers 2, which are great games to begin with. They deserve their whole own conversation another day, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> ever really nice edition and the best edition of it to date. So, recommend. For sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Respect to RGG Studio for, for, for doing this and in, in such, a, uh, not, uh, such a loving only matter, but also such a good, you know, technically good uh, way of putting these games together for us. We really need a like a proper collection at some point <laughs> on all systems, so everyone can enjoy these games. It's just such a shame we're not having this. We also have um, the Master System at a certain oh, yeah. part, <laughs> uh, at a certain redacted, uh, redact, redacted. <laughs> In the game? When things after things happen, you can use the thing, right? And yeah. then you can play the monsters. <laughs> and it's interesting that one character in that place sees uh, how ridiculous that is. He's at at some point he says, "A master system? Why? What the hell is going on here?" Or something to that effect. So it's not lost on the characters either. That's very meta. Um, Brian, have you spent a lot of time in Club Sega? I yes, I have absolutely. Did you unlock uh, Daytona three? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. I don't think that ever happened. Uh, I'll keep trying, even if uh, it doesn't exist. Maybe there. if you play um, with Chicken Men, mm. that's true. That's true. You can just shoot up the arcade cab and just <laughs> will it into existence. <laughs> bright brute force <laughs> um yeah no i i i love that they do these that they do this uh you know club sega as a concept and having kind of that uh you know additional excursions let alone with games as great as this um i think what was the other one i loved that did kiwami 2 yeah they had a virtual on right yes so like yeah, that, yeah that's yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. one game i might miss but man that's kiwami the, yeah, too, yeah it's, I think it's so. between but I, I love Virtua. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I mean, Virtua Fighter Two is great, and um, but I love uh, you know Fighting Vipers too. It's I love that it's kind of I don't want to say trashy, but it's like it's esoteric. <laughs> it, like it's very. I, I love I love it because a I can play it because I'm not a super technical fighting game fan, but I, I feel like it suits like where I'm at as a player and being able to grasp uh, enough of, you know, just kind of the push pull of, of fairly simple combos, but also like the mechanics of the armor and, uh, and sort of the risk reward of having charge up attacks and, and, and being vulnerable uh, while you, um, you know, before you can unleash uh, stronger hits. And I don't know, I think a lot about that works, even if the characters are like literally wearing garbage sometimes. They just, they're, they're <laughs> They're, uh, they're and then you can you know knock it off uh, you just break their armor and it's I, I love i love everything about it it's actually one of my favorite fighting games or 3d fighting games from sega mm-hmm. um uh, then of course daytona usa uh two is also amazing i think they what re-labeled it in 
just in arcades in general. What was that? Sega Racing something? Sega, Sega much Racing more generic Classic title. Too. Sega Racing Classics too. Yeah, uh, which um, is you know I'm I'm happy to see it. I feel like I'm a little bit of a different perspective just because I am very fortunate to have um, a version of Daytona to add an arcade in near me um so Ooh. uh and it's the hydraulic cab that has that we're oh, nice. gonna have the, uh yeah like leans side to side with the so so there's something i guess in that experience that i love about sega's especially their iconic racing games and you know stuff like afterburner climax and just they really draw you into uh the experience of being there through almost like a amusement park attraction <laughs> style like it's, it's like that in addition to the the core game that you're playing um to really solidify uh you know the arcade experience as a destination that you could go out of your way for and and and, and not be able to replicate at home as easily even if you have a racing wheel or whatever um so i i love that and i play that as often as i can so going to this i'm just happy to have it as online or as a, a console you know playable official mm-hmm. port of the game and i think it looks and plays and is very well um but i also miss that steering wheel and that whole setup i mean even yeah, if it, i mean maybe sure. it is maybe it does support steering wheel uh compatibility i haven't checked um but that would be something that would be amazing if that is uh, something they patch in um because i do feel like fundamentally especially the daytona series over all of the other Sega uh, racing game series is very much tuned for racing wheels in a way that they've always struggled to bring these games home and have them feel as, as good as they do in the arcades. I think the original Saturn, <laughs> the, the rushed Saturn port is the one that was optimized the best for a, for a home controller. Um, and so I almost always play those games with wheels uh, when I can. So maybe, maybe that's something that they'll, they'll allow, but otherwise, yeah, it's an amazing, amazing mm-hmm. uh game and yeah i love the selection and just having the master system as you were saying just for the hell of it <laughs> yeah I think that's amazing it's like yeah if you want a mini if you want a master system mini there you go you just play active oh, yeah certainly. <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah i i um i wanted to mention motor raid because i i haven't played love the judgment games so uh which they're they're part of the backlog uh, i'll <laughs> get to them eventually uh but uh motor raid surprised me i, I had never played this before uh and it's it's not really the most like the t- tightest controlling game or whatever but it's it's fun for what it is and i was like surprised that we had like this kind of uh uh i wasn't really familiar with it at all so this like futuristic racing game um, with some fighting stuff in there, uh, I, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, of course, Daytona Two was the, the highlight. Of, I think it is for everyone, right? Whenever we we see people talking about Club Sega, they all talk about this. So in, w- when we, <laughs> yeah, and when we when we they announced this, I think it leaked first, right? That the uh, game was like a day before the Famitsu column came out or something, oh, and then I that think, revealed yeah. that revealed that it was going to be the rebadged version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it's it's 
basically what what some people at least are 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 getting the game for, <laughs> which is interesting. And it's nice that you have to go through a, a few stuff, <laughs> a few things before you actually can play the game. You can actually play Daytona in uh, Yokohama in Ijincho, yes. right? So in your I don't really remember how, but you... I think both you, the arcades have everything, as far as I remember. Yeah. Okay, they okay. Do. So because you have to go through a street to get to a... You have to evade the cops, yeah. right? <laughs> and if you go through a certain street, there's an arcade there. So that's the first time that I played the game, not in, in Sotenbori. But uh, really worth it, yeah. Uh, the Club Sega experience is always fun. So this this, I think elevates it to a whole different level and it's truly recommended as Viper said already so nothing further to add to add to this just try try all the the cabs there uh oh and i'm a big fan of the ufo catchers as well i don't know why uh probably started in like because of five or something because <laughs> before that i i couldn't care less about them but then i tried Playing, I think it was like yeah. for a side story or something, and I got addicted to playing the the UFO catcher. So I usually I try to stay away from them because if I try them once, I'll, I'll spend a lot <laughs> of time just getting stuff from the UFO catchers. Yeah, I have a problem. It's it, a serious problem. It's cert- <laughs> <laughs> They're certainly more generous than the real life ones. Holy oh, shit! For sure, for sure. That's probably <laughs> yeah. it. That's that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like some sort of real life frustration that I'm trying to exercise or something in by playing the game. Yeah, They're the ultimate power fantasy, and that you uh, uh, <laughs> can can actually win things with ease from them. Yeah, yeah. Really nice to get that that II plushie. <laughs> yeah, always a fan of that. So, story <laughs> for the final like <laughs> ten to fifteen minutes of this show. Shall we tell people if you haven't played the game, if you're not familiar, if you haven't played Yakuza one to seven, especially six and seven, maybe please, uh, you know, stop this episode <laughs> and and go do some. <laughs> playing but oh, yeah, volume, yeah, yeah, that's good that's good for the metrics need yeah. the runtime <laughs> <laughs> okay uh but but not not wanting to spoil everything obviously so the the first spoiler is uh at the end of yakuza 6 uh kiri was supposed to be dead of course he isn't um things happened in the yakuza world universe in yakuza like a dragon and Kiryu appeared there as well uh, at some point, uh, as well as other legendary Yakuza's. Uh, so this game explains what happened between Yakuza 6 um, and Yakuza Like a Dragon and a little bit further to tie it into 8 Infinite Wealth. So thoughts on the story. Was it well told? Um I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say that the 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 ending made me cry harder than I remember in yeah. any Yakuza <laughs> game before it, and I've cried. I've shed a few tears in some of the previous games, but this one, this one, I I was like, this hits hard. 
man. Yeah. I don't know if you felt the same or if I'm just like, uh, but, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Single tear sh- rolling down for the listeners right now. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just a very harrowing game in general. And the end is just happy yet really depressing at the same time. Even the look, this happened. Everything's going to be okay. Is not afraid to tell you that actually this, everything about this sucks. This isn't a happy ending at all. I mean, about the closest you get is Kiryu's trip to Hawaii, which, as we learned from the demo of 8, even is spoiled as well. So everything else is just really, really sad. And this series dabbles in it every now and then, but very rarely does it spend the entire game. I wouldn't say it wallows in it, but it definitely keeps its tone a bit lower and that's why you have the comedic relief in characters like Akame because otherwise it would just be a very difficult game to get through at times it it's even though certain like plot points and stings you know what's coming you know everything's gonna work out okay it the Yakuza games put on such a pressure onto you and it just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing and you know you can't breathe and then it keeps going keeps going and then let go and then suddenly it's like just the pressure mounting, right? Even though you know what's going to happen because seven happens after this point, for example, it never relents. And therefore you need that little bit of comic relief on the side, etc. But I loved it. It's my favorite game in the series entirely because of that story and how well the stories of the side stories, for example, wrap up any loose questions you might've had before what, seems to be what's going to happen, which eight's a different thing. Don't know how much of eight we want to talk about, but I think they're wrapping things up just in case the worst happens, right? So it's been nice to get a lot of closure. Um, but yeah, it's a really difficult <laughs> game at times to get through. It's tough. Yeah, and I think um, we've never had like Kiryu um, talking about just how much his life sucks in general <laughs> as in this game, yeah. right? So you've, he's like, Kiryu is like this, this stoic character, like always ready to put others in front of himself and never complaining and stuff. But this time he's like, I've given up everything. And even at the end of this game where things seem like they're in a better place, uh, and you know, since we're spoiling things. So he's he's protecting the people he he loves. That's why he faked his own death. He's working with another uh, group, a non-Yakuza group, uh, Daidoji, right? Is it Daidoji? Yeah. The Daidoji. Um, They help him fake his death uh, if he works for them and keeps his the, their secrets and stuff, and he's protecting the kids from the the orphanage and Haruka and her son and stuff, and at the end you get a a, a, a glimpse of okay things are going to work out. They you, you've taught them well, they're doing okay for themselves, and he's like yeah, but what good is that if I can't be with them? And if I, if I'm alone and I just like life still sucks, even if I'm happy for them, it still sucks for me. Um, which I th- thought was a little bit refreshing as well to get a, a different side of QU. Like I wouldn't say selfish 
because he's anything but. But uh, it was nice to see him cry and, and feel like he never gets any breaks and never gets to be happy, just push on. And uh, people are always taking advantage yeah. of, of who he is in a way. Uh, again, he was trying to... to uh, flee the Yakuza world and the, the the people that knew him, but somehow that caught up with him. That's the whole <laughs> premise of the series. And he had to be dragged uh, into the, the whole Yakuza thing again, which is great for us because we have story <laughs> and games. Uh, th <laughs> there's that, that uh, fan service moment that I was talking about earlier or at least referencing when you go to the that meeting at the Omi Alliance uh, HQ, and you have that whole like a dragon Yakuza like a dragon scene, but from the perspective of of so you, and you see him looking at all those characters that he knows, and that's really that. I I remember I I played that this morning, so I, I still I'm still getting chills remembering. The, uh, those scenes that was amazing uh, but yeah agreed a pretty great story and maybe because it was so, so short the game is so short right yeah. you don't really have those a lot of those twists and turns you have a few obviously at least by the end you have a few things I, I wouldn't say anything was really as surprising as in previous games, I think. Uh, you could see some of the things coming. Um, but being such a contained game and story helped make it stronger, I feel. Um, there was no not much filler in that department, which I think was, was nice. What about you, Brian? What do you yeah. think? <laughs> I'm rambling. Um, yeah. No, I, I I think that's all spot on. Um, you know, one one thing I was wondering going into this game and thinking about it throughout is like, what what else can they do with Kiryu? Right? I mean, they spent such a they were so effective in passing off the baton in Like a Dragon Seven, I believe. Um, that you know, Ichiban is kind of where my and and his friends and and what that like that is where I am emotionally vested at this point and i felt like they that kiryu is a is somebody that we've spent so much time with and have we've kind of see him uh, yeah as you're saying i mean his iconic stoicism constantly getting ad taken advantage of because he's just such a nice guy that <laughs> is also strong enough to stick up for whoever <laughs> will need his help um and and so i you know at this point though it's like you there's no doubt that he's gonna at least move keep going uh at least for a little while we'll see what happens in eight but um you know he's just this mary sue or kiryu sue of a character that like nothing can really like i never ever feel like he's in any danger specifically but his vulnerability lies with yeah the, the children who he raised at the orphanage who've, who are now grown and you know it's like oh the, the people he's met along the way and that he's touched and had a, a, a deep just connection and impact like the, his, his family that he's accrued over all of these games i mean that you know that's kind of the exploitable weakness that um both 
factions in this game, <laughs> all the good guys, quote unquote, and the bad guys, quote unquote, all take advantage of. They're all keen to this. They're all willing to, um, you know, threaten you know, that just to get him, comp- you know, continue to to get him back into um, doing what he's been trying to escape from uh, this whole series. And so, you know, it is kind of miserable. And I think what harrowing is, uh, as you mentioned, Viper, I think that's a great way to put it. It's, um, it is nice. There is that nice payoff at the end where Taichi and I can't remember the other woman's or girl's name who they grew up at the orphanage, but yeah, they kind of just say, Hey, we're doing, we're doing good. You raised us great. You raised us well. We, um, you know, we miss you, but we're happy, you know? And, um, and I think there, yeah, there's just such a, it, it is a very fascinating tension knowing that it's like, Oh great. Yeah. That is technically a happy ending, but here mm-hmm. you'll probably never see them again. Um, or if you do, that'll be like the last thing you see before they kill you or something so, so, for real, like something, something tragic. I feel like Kiryu is just destined for a tragic ending. <laughs> that's true. Um, that's true, right? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it, it has to be. It's such the most tragic. Yeah. At any rate, um, uh, but uh, you know that it, it did answer the question: What else could they do with Kiryu? And I think um, I was pretty, yeah, pretty happy with that. I think there was a lot of closure on a lot of fronts, as you both had mentioned. Um, but at the same time, looking forward, uh, I feel like either I'm interested in seeing what happens to a more vulnerable, or like you know, they've alluded that Kiryu may not be in the best of health uh, in um, you know the future game. Uh, or in eight, and you know what? What do we when he's faced with actual, like actual uh, vulnerability, uh, physically and mentally and otherwise? Like, how does how does he handle that? And then how do the people around him become the people who who rally um, in his stead? And so I think that uh, I'm very invested in the future of this, and I think this was a great. I don't want to say the word stopgap because that's. I don't know, just fairly uncharitable as <laughs> smoothing over a lot of uh, uh, a, a lot of it, but yeah, for the most part, I I feel like it did a good job, kind of filling in and supporting um, the the series narrative uh, as we look to the future. Yeah. I I think that's a good point. You said that maybe not just you, but most people at this point, or at least a good chunk of people that played the previous games, were more invested in the in in Casca at this point, in Ichiban, as the, the future of the series. That's what we thought would happen, right? So, But I I wasn't really anticipating a return of Kiryu as a playable character, as a main character in, in the series. Uh, but this actually just brought me back, and no, no, wait, I, I really want to see Kiryu uh, more going forward. Of course, this is this is the character that I, that I love the most. Um... And, and yeah, it, it actually tied in everything nicely. Um, and even maybe going uh, a little bit further in and mentioning the demo, uh, I play. I only play the story demo. There are two, right? Yeah. There's the story demo and the gameplay demo. Gameplay demo. Okay, I play the Hawaii story demo. demo or something. Hawaii demo. That's it. Yeah, something like that. I don't know what the differences are. I only played the story demo, but it's actually nice because you you see the the um, the beginning of the demo is the ending of uh, of uh, Gaiden, right? Um, and it 
makes total sense that, or not total, but it makes some sense that he's there. Uh, he mentioned that he wanted to go to Hawaii to do something, but like I think Viper said, or I don't know, uh, <laughs> he got his, his happy ending. He's, he's in the place that he wanted to be to do something for Yumi, like he mentioned, but then <laughs> <laughs> like he said, you couldn't wait like three minutes longer to to call me. No, you had to call me already and spoil this moment, <laughs> right? So I, I I can't catch a break here. Uh, but it says it it makes sense, and um, we really don't really know everything about why Ichiban is there. I think this, unless the other, it has something to do with his mother. But uh, yeah, but really, I think it's kind of mentioned in the trailers but not in the demo something like that <laughs> the demo mentioned his mother right so his yeah his potential mother is supposed to be there uh but we don't really know much else things go wrong as they usually do <laughs> for for Akasuka <laughs> in, in this series uh and Kiryu just happens to be there looking for the same person because why not <laughs> right um so, thoughts about the demo? Briefly, very briefly. <laughs> it's mostly in terms of gameplay. I think the story is something that we'll, we'll uh, get to learn next year. But in terms of gameplay, uh, disappointed, uh, excited, in a few words, what would you say, guys? Uh, well, I like you, you mentioned at the start of the show, I'm not the biggest fan of turn-based games not even because i dislike the format as much as i find them very overwhelming and the like a dragon seven whatever you want to call it i found it a very overwhelming game in general i wanted to really like it but it's just very difficult for me to get a grasp of one thing i really wish they'd incorporated which they've always been really good at in the brawler games is uh easy modes and i think even judgment the year before like a dragon seven I think that game had like a practically plays itself for you mode. So it was really surprising then going into seven that there was next to nothing below normal. You had like streets of rage levels of mania, mania plus plus and all this, but just no easy. So that's like my one complaint with it really is I got on fine with the demo. My concern is going into the main game, the same difficulty issues because that unfortunately did hamper my enjoyment of seven a little bit as much as I really wanted to get into it. It just, a little too difficult for me, even on the lowest level, to be honest, as someone who's not entirely familiar. And even when I have been, it's been way more basic than like a Dragon 7. So in theory, it could be great. But my preference always lies with Brawler, just because they've always done a very good job at balancing it through skill levels, whereas I felt they've not quite done as good of a job at that with the RPG-based games yet. So that's my one hold-up. Otherwise, it's a perfectly functional system that will serve the story for me quite nicely, I think. Okay. Brian? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like thinking about how where they are in the iterative process, where this is only the second turn-based game, um, I am curious, and, and already through the demo, it was clear that you know, there are, sorry, to take a step back here, I think one of the both benefits and critiques of a turn-based system is, um, you know, for, for people like my fiance, she's actually very interested in the turn-based games, mainly because she's not really into real-time 
battle systems and having to have reflexes and remember combos and and all of that stuff. And and so in some ways, in concept, a turn-based system breaks those down and focuses its strategy to be more, um, you know, less reactive or less, less reaction focused and more just cerebral. But uh, that proposes its own challenges when you have a lot of systems that you're laying on, layering on top of each other uh, that, uh, and, and also balanced enemies and, and uh, however that looks like to to force you to have to play the game a specific way and and to learn those systems um which kind of yeah swings a pendulum uh, the other way um and i do hope that with this uh, next iteration or future ones um that they are able to strike that balance or give people that option as you're saying viper to um you know, not have to be encumbered by all of the all of the extra stuff they could learn to min max stuff, but just you know, be functional and get through it. Um, yeah. And so I, so I, I'm, but at, at the same time, for people who are traditional, you know, turn based JRPG fans, I feel like they might have come away from seven actually thinking it was a little too simple. Um, and and so I do, and you can even see it here in the way that uh, with the demo where you can position your characters within a certain radius and you can use that in tandem with the trajectory of your abilities that, uh, to, to hit enemies in a pattern and uh, use space a little more and positioning and items around you. You can actually like have control over how you interact with other aspects of the battle to gain an advantage. And I, I love that. I am very, um, very excited for for some of the possibilities that uh, this game will allow um, uh, in experimenting with all of the different systems and mechanics. But at the same time, uh, yeah, if they're able to kind of strike that balance, uh, that would be great because you know it's otherwise you're just catering to a completely different audience that will now feel alienated that they can't get yeah. into that system. So. Yeah, it's it's a difficult task. I actually love that they did switch to turn-based just in general, um, just because, I don't know, Yakuza to me has always been a JRPG, so I was totally <laughs> fine with, after however many dozen games of brawler combat, them to just do something different. And um, But of course, I'm, I don't know if uh, that's a common uh, conceit uh, or opinion among Yakuza fans, but uh, yeah, I'm... I'm I'll embrace the change, whatever they want to throw, whatever wacky yeah. ideas or new things they want to uh, throw out there. I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. I, I'm guessing if they're bringing Kiryu back and if we had Gaiden be the game that it is, I'm guessing there is a significant num- a number of people who are not really that happy with mm-hmm. the, the change. I would say, but I could be totally wrong. I, I for one, enjoyed Seven, or Yakuza Like a Dragon, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think that it was one of the less overwhelming uh, turn-based RPGs that I've played. <laughs> a little bit like Persona 5, uh, Persona 5 Royal, which is the one that I played. Um, I don't know if it's... If it's me or the game, but I felt like I was um, able to get a little bit more into the games, into to those games that than usual. Um, still, there were times where you f- 
could feel like you were a little bit under leveled and underpowered, so you had to yes. grind, <laughs> and that's the usual problem for people who are not big fans of these turn-based RPGs. Uh, but it wasn't as big of a problem as in other more traditional ones. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm excited for this new or the second iteration of the battle system. I'm more curious than excited. I feel like the changes, like you just mentioned, Brian, being able to position your character in a certain way, uh, taking advantage of the proximity bonus to attack and get more damage to the, the enemies, uh, those like tandem attacks with other characters that can like, uh, what they're, they call them, chain attacks? I don't know. Um that's that's uh, uh, something that makes it more accessible as well for people who like me and Viper are not really that experienced <laughs> in this in this genre of games. Um, but uh, to what point are they? Will they be successful in 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 striking a balance between the two genres and the two fandoms? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> But I hope, yeah. I hope very, I hope very successful. Yeah. I, I, I have a feeling I'll enjoy Infinite Wealth. I, from what I've played with just three characters, at least the story demo had three characters. Um, I don't know if the other demo had more. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I, I only think. played the Hawaii demo. It I has, played the story demo. Well, four, four <laughs> characters in your party, including Ichiban. So three other characters, including... Okay, so the Kiryu. other one has uh, Ichiban, Kiryu, and by. a character that you find uh, at Ichiban's mother's house. Probably. Okay, yeah, I don't yeah. know. They just showed up. They just showed so up in town. It's the same the guy in Hawaii. Okay. And there's an additional... I can't remember the girl's name. She's like almost the yeah. fitness coach, social media kind okay. of girl i can't think she's been in the trailers but i cannot think of her for the life oh of yeah me, i've seen i've seen the character yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, she's yeah. the additional mm -hmm. party member you get in hawaii okay okay so uh, judging by the three characters in my party at the the, the end of the, the the story demo it feels right it feels like uh lad seven uh, on steroids, maybe because you have more movement and you have those special, crazy special moves as well. There's uh, the 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 third character, the the guy, uh, had like a special move uh, where he could like he could get the 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 enemy in the car and like just run around mm -hmm. and spin and spin and spin and spin and stuff. So yeah, the the craziness is there. Um, I just hope it's a little bit just a smidge more accessible yeah. to uh, people who are not experts or really big fans of turn-based uh, battle systems but if not and i'm i'm okay with it yeah and to piggyback on some of our i guess curiosity <laughs> as as you put it uh casey i i liked i'm also very curious to see how they integrate it into the flow of the game um, because one of the the things that that the brawler based games have gotten really good at is reducing the amount of burden that enemies approaching you in the environment um, have on your experience just trying to get to the next place or or do whatever because you can you pretty basically finish those battles in a 
pretty quick time. You don't have to, you don't no longer have like 30 second loading screens, <laughs> which is something I completely forgot about until I replayed the, or, or the original Yakuza on PS2 uh, a little while back. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's like all these quality of life things that really work towards a common theme of not like forcing you to have to stop everything for extended periods before you can continue on. Um, and I, that is one of my concerns about, uh, eight right now, um, is because those battles and maybe it is just the way that they're tuned and maybe they'll tweak it as it goes on, or maybe as you level up, it becomes less of a pain, but there are so many random battles, like so many enemies in the Honolulu area you're given to explore, um, that approach you and including like, not even just like one on every corner, but like also groups in between that sometimes and i think i do wonder if they're going to struggle trying to maintain that flow in a way that um, prevents those fights from taking a full minute minute and a half in between you just trying to get places um especially since you don't really i guess you can escape them i mean if if you want but like you still have to go through the menu system to to enable that um and i wonder if the segue is a response to that a little bit in that you can ride the segways get places a little faster um maybe avoid battles easier i'm haven't played with it too uh, too much to to know for sure get a sense of that but i am hoping that they're able to retain some flow in in uh you know your inhabiting of the space and exploration to uh, not uh keep it so i don't know cumbersome i suppose yeah, yeah. It was a little bit in in uh, seven, right? You, I, I yes, found that the, the amount of enemies, uh, the the random, not so random encounters were uh, not very spaced between each other. So mm-hmm. it was it was a, a, sometimes a pain. So you had to like traverse uh, the map in a way to try to avoid <laughs> those encounters yeah. if you wanted to, but it wasn't easy. Always easy. Was if a car, if you ran into a car, the, the the group of enemies on the other side of the road could see you and spot you when you have to run away or stuff. Uh, was a little bit cumbersome for sure. So uh, hopefully they'll they'll improve that on 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 eight. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> what did you all think of uh, of Honolulu? Beautiful. Says space. <laughs> I was going to say beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Vibrant. Colorful, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. I, although I, I'm guessing I, I had a little bit of space uh, to to walk on and run on. So the Hawaii demo probably expands the map a little bit further. Oh, it's yeah. huge in the demo, okay. yeah. or at least for okay. a demo yeah. of these games, it's really okay, big. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to yeah. run um, like the opposite direction I was supposed to, and <laughs> they stopped me and said, okay. Maybe I I don't know where I am, so I, I should probably go back. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to try the the Hawaii um, demo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a good slice of the because you can see the map and even that the larger demo. I think you're only given about a third, roughly, mm-hmm. of the ultimate uh, or what will ultimately be the the full map of the game. Like you can't go across the river and access a lot of the restaurants and the arcade or a lot of that is closed off, but um, yeah, for what it is, I I got a good, I love the, you know, the crazy taxi type mini game 
where you're delivering uh, stuff with your bike. And I don't know if maybe I shouldn't talk too much. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I haven't played Enjoy it, that but, for but I, I'll, I'll, I'll play it after we record um, this. And there's some very weird, uh, like, Pokemon Snap kind of uh, <laughs> mini games in there. And um, yeah, it's it. So it retains that wackiness, that vibrancy, both aesthetically in the new locale, but also just it's Yakuza as you've always known it with just bat uh, wonderfully charismatic and, and silly things just happening around every corner. Um, so in that sense, I, I love it. And also like just from an urban design standpoint, it's fascinating to see like a place like Hawaii, which you know, is just more uh, spread out. And so the blocks are larger. Um, there isn't, you know, there aren't a ton of uh, restaurants and shops in, you know, ha- inhabiting like a very narrow space like you would see um, in a Japanese city. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the verticality isn't, is, is a little bit different. Um, the beach is really fun. So, but, but at the same time, it's, yeah, you can just ride your segways on the beach and just like annoy everybody. I'm sure who's just lounging, trying to enjoy themselves. Uh, just like an obnoxious uh, American really. Um, but, but yeah, no, it's a, uh, it, it's a different, it's uh, going to take a little bit of uh, adjustment and maybe, maybe uh, uh, Yokohama was kind of a good, a Jin show was a good, like, transition to that because that was also more spread out than a typical um than yeah. a typical like kamurocho or exactly. osaka environment mm-hmm. and so yeah, i appreciate just the fundamental differences in the design of those cities in addition to um just the change of scenery mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah excellent i i gave some herbs to a chicken <laughs> That's what I have to say about that. Wait, what, what kind of herbs? Uh, superior herb or some sort of thing. Mm. <laughs> no, there were herbs. Not any other kind of herbs that you might be thinking of. No. <laughs> uh, th- did I create Chicken Man? Maybe. Oh. <laughs> oh, my. Anyway, yeah, okay. Our 90 minutes are up. <laughs> <laughs> Just slightly, we're slightly uh, over the ninety-minute mark. But um, any, any, anything else that we've missed? I think we've pretty much covered the the game, the full guidance game, the demo. I think the the the, the baseline, the, the gist of this is just go play it, right? Yes, <laughs> and and play the demo as well if you can. It's worth it. How yeah? did you all play Gaiden? So I played on the Series X. Nice. Yeah, it's on Game Pass, which I yes. appreciate. Too. Yes. So handy. <laughs> yes. What about you? Same. Uh, same? <laughs> same Viper? I, yeah. I moved between Series X and PC. Once the PC, okay. I used the new, go to New Zealand trick to play it early. Then when it came out, <laughs> played it on PC for the rest of the runtime. Where I marathoned I it. it for about 10 plus hours. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah, I ordered that you the get PS... access to the demo as well. Yeah, I I ordered the PS5 version on uh, Play Asia, uh, the physical copy, just because mm-hmm. I wanted it. But I feel like it either got lost in transit or something. <laughs> I haven't received it yet, so I'm a little. I don't know. I might have to get that. Ho- hopefully, uh, before the fixed. new year. 
Yeah, right. I might have to just have them <laughs> ship it somewhere else completely. Okay, very good. So, guys, thank you. Thank you for coming. I think this was, uh, I had a lot of fun. Uh, even though I just finished the game, this was like the, the perfect way to wrap up my, my first playthrough of Like a Dragon Guidance. Thank you. Thank you for that. One last thing before we go how can people find you? So, Viper, let's start with that. Uh, sort of you, sorry. <laughs> I made things a little more difficult for everyone, so uh, I'm no longer on <laughs> Twitter, which is normally the free link. Um, you can find me mostly on Radio Sega, um, the best place to the Discord, radiose.ga forward slash Discord. If you're listening live, hopefully you're there, um, or when this airs. But otherwise, I am ugh, remembering all the other sites is difficult. At the Green Viper Eight, at the VIP Vipers dot space on Mastodon, and at the Green Viper Eight dot the VIP Vipers dot space on Blue Sky. They had to make this so hard for us, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Check the show notes, people. It's it's all there. It's <laughs> it'll all be there. there. Yeah, it'll be there. Okay, but mostly Radio Sega. Is yeah, the, that's the, the the common thread here. Okay, what about you, Brian? That's a good question. Uh, I, I mean, I don't. I haven't really had time to do online, like to any social media stuff uh, lately. But um, in so much as I am a reachable there, I guess uh, Jet Brian Radio um, is my handle. I'm pretty much what Twitter, uh, yeah, the Twitter hellscape. Um, blue sky. <laughs> I am on Mastodon. I think that might be. So I don't know what the what the sub you know domain. It's hard. Stuff it's hard. Yeah. I can't wrap my head around all of that stuff. Dot world or whatever. Uh, but yeah, Jet Brian Radio. Some search should probably find it somewhere. <laughs> look, look it up, <laughs> people. Look it up. That's it. Yeah. Put in oh, the Brian with a yeah. <laughs> Brian with a I, uh, not a Y. I guess. Yeah. That's the, that's the tricky part, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, the Dreamcast, the Dream Pod. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. it. So, I, I really uh, enjoyed the, the latest yeah. latest episode. You you were there, the the twenty fifth anniversary special. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, the, we had that. a lot of fun with that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, appreciate the support on that. Um, that was a fun episode to just kind of chat through. Um, I don't know, sort of, sort of the Sega as we saw them back when we heard about the Dreamcast and leading up to the Japanese launch, kind of a retrospective of those la- those four original launch games and then kind of tying it to what that represented for the console, both where Sega was at in their situation and then mm-hmm. our enjoyment of it ultimately in the future. Um, and then I wrote a companion piece uh, article on the Dreamcast Junkyard that kind of dives into that, maybe a little more a little more irreverence <laughs> it tends to be my writing style just kind of all over the place um and then we have our top 200 games which we mm-hmm. finally compiled and and wrote uh blurbs for so that is the community's voted top 200 games uh for i guess it was back in 2022 that we held that but we finally got it all up uh, it's just still so, up to date yeah yeah just so it was reasonably uh <laughs> recent so we'll mm. we'll see and then i think we'll have to do another one next year <laughs> looking um, forward to yeah. that as well yeah excellent as for myself you know it's <laughs> the sega lounge so just check out check out the the show notes as well and you can find me there so thank you guys again for coming on the show 
really appreciate it. Have spending this these ninety these ninety minutes with you guys <laughs> talking about <laughs> like a dragon guide. Uh, what a long ninety minutes it was. Uh, but uh, thank you very much. To everyone who listened to this as well, and remember to go check out Like a Dragon Kaiden. Remember to check out these uh, wonderful gentlemen here and their Sega stuff as well. We'll be back next week with the season finale of the Sega Lounge, which is part of Radio Sega's Winterfest 2023. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. No one saw that coming either. Wow. (laughs) That's that's like a a dragon. What a twist. Like a dragon level uh, uh, twist. Yeah, we, we're having Winterfest this year again. Okay. <laughs> See you next time. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ciao. The Sega Lounge, hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Find us at The Sega Lounge on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Mixed on Productions podcast.